Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. The Warriors, they beat the LA Clippers 112-97 in a game that kind of felt like a big circus. It was a TNT game, a national game, and there was that whole thing with Will Ferrell playing Jackie Moon from the movie Semi-Pro. He came out before for warm-ups and was in costume and it was in character and you know i was like yo how much do they pay this dude to come out here to to make clay feel better (laughs) but apparently steve kerr had been emailed by will ferrell uh to come out and do this and eventually made it happen so that was kind of odd but whatever i've never seen the movie so uh i guess it's a entertaining film but overall man this was a very, 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 very good day for the Golden State Warriors for a few reasons. One, they got the win. They ended their five-game losing streak against a Clippers team that had beaten them the previous time out. They now beat the Clippers three out of four times this season. And everybody on the team, if I can just be general, everybody played pretty pretty well it was like this rest and relaxation right the vets they went home and they got rest recharged for this game and the young guys the role players they didn't necessarily get relaxation but they felt a little bit more empowerment and so the old guys needed rest The young guys needed some court time, some reps, like an opportunity to really show what they got. They did that in Denver the previous night. And then those two things came together and it actually coalesced, right? It dovetailed together. And for stretches of this game, I was like, oh yeah, this... This is what they should have. This is how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to have Steph and Clay and Wiggins and then Poole and then Moody and then Jonathan Kaminga. Those are the combinations of players that you mix and match in waves that can catch a team like the Clippers off guard. The talent that the Warriors have obviously is greater than that of the Clippers on the court right? Kawhi and Paul George are injured, but it was just really good to see this team for the most part, top to bottom, put a solid game together from beginning to end. Start off with Clay. He had a rough start in general, but he closed pretty well. He hit some big jumpers, hit a couple threes, didn't shoot great from three, only two for nine, but in general, he ended up with 20 points and started looking like he was getting his rhythm back a little bit. So we'll keep an eye on that. Steph, only five for 12, only one for six from three, but he scored 15 points and the Warriors ran away with this one. So anytime Steph doesn't have to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders is a good thing. And that is a positive. He also had five assists and five boards. Andrew Wiggins, 6 for 14, 11 boards, 14 points. He still hasn't scored 20 points since God knows when, but he looked like he was getting after it a little bit, so I can appreciate that. He didn't shoot any free throws, so I can't beat him up for that one, but uh, overall, 
decent. Moses Moody in the starting lineup, four for six, one for three from three, eight boards, three assists, 10 points. Solid. That is really, really solid. You know, I've been seeing like on Twitter and stuff, people talking about how Moses Moody should move ahead of Damian Lee and Wantascano Anderson and Bielitsa on the depth chart in the rotation. And besides the fact that he plays a totally different position from Bielitsa and more or less JTA, he's already passed all of them a while ago. I don't know if people realize that. He's obviously much, much better, much more talented. And I love the fact that he's contributing this much. Again, I may have said recently, I didn't expect this from him so soon, so quickly, but it's also because they've needed him, right? Jordan Poole obviously has had issues with consistency. So Kerr gave Moody a chance and he took advantage of it. And now he's earned his minutes. So, hey, ideally, if Poole and Moody can play consistently and shoot well, then I'm good to go. You know, speaking of Jordan Poole, he's played 30 minutes off the bench. That is a ton of time for a bench player. He was eight for 13, four of six from three, 20 points, four assists, three boards, two steals. Now that is the Jordan Poole that the Warriors are going to have to get to sniff the title right? If they're going to win the finals, they need that more often than not, way more often than not. And if he continues like he did in the Denver game to this game, keeps going forward and keeps being aggressive, keeps hitting his big shots, driving towards the basket, creating for others, keeping opposing defenses on their heels, then that bodes well. That bodes well. When he has energy, you could just tell. Even if he's not shooting well, he can do other things. Lately, when he's not shooting well, it seems like he kind of just flatlines. But again, that's been the story for the whole team for a while. So this game was definitely a positive step in the right direction. And then Jonathan Kaminga, everybody's favorite rookie, 26 minutes, 7 for 12, 2 for 3 from 3, 5 for 6 from the line, 6 boards, 6 assists, 21 points. Now, Stan Van Gundy was talking about this during the broadcast. And, you know, you go back to the scouting report on Jonathan Kaminga that he's not a good shooter, that he doesn't make the best decisions. And again, I've always said that looking at his shot before he got drafted, it never looked broken. It didn't look like he had a weird hitch, like anything crazy. It looked like he kind of shot it low, had a weird hesitation to some extent, but it never looked like, oh man, this dude is like the second coming of Lonzo Ball or something, you know? So that got worked out by the development staff, by the coaches, and the results have been pretty impressive. I've mentioned this before, but if you just watch the kids shoot free throws, like there's no crazy routine. He just gets the ball, dribbles once or twice, and just shoots it. And that thing oftentimes barely touches net. Same for his three-pointers too. So it seems effortless. It seems smooth. It seems like he's got the repetitive stroke going and everything. He he didn't have to remake his shot. I mean, you just love to see it. And he had some great highlights. You know, he had a couple of great dunks and he had a couple of great passes. You know, he found Moody on the baseline on a dive to the basket. And his decision-making, I mean, people questioned that before the draft, but obviously he's learned. And not saying that 
he would have been this way no matter what. I do give a ton of credit to the Warriors development staff for getting these young guys and putting them in positions to succeed. And then I'll give the organization credit for revamping the coaching staff. You know, they saw that they probably could have done a better job developing Wiseman. And now they have like a bunch of young guys. So they invested in them. But in general, you just have to say that this was a good day because also, right, like Draymond said yesterday, he was going to be coming back on Monday, March 14th. But then also today, more good news. It was announced early in the day that James Wiseman has been cleared, legitimately cleared for the first time to play in a game. He's going to play two games for the Santa Cruz Warriors in the G League. And hopefully, knock on wood, plays well, looks good, gets some reps, gets his rhythm a little bit, and does not get hurt. And hopefully that means he can get a step closer to getting back onto the NBA court. That's what we want to see. And I've said this before, and if you've listened before, we know that this is true. Some non-Warriors fans, just NBA media people, they're saying that Wiseman, he's not going to do anything for the Warriors, that he's still a bust. But like, come on, I'm so sick of that. Because first of all, for the season, you don't need him. I mean, you guys know this, right? But for anyone who doesn't, there's people out there who think like, oh, people saying Wiseman coming back. What? He's not going to come back and give you 25, 30 minutes and play like DeAndre Ayton. And to that, I say, who cares? <laughs> you know, this team is going to rely on Kavon Looney starting at center, Draymond playing most of the games at center and definitely closing at center. James Wiseman is there for anywhere from five to eight to 12 to 15 minutes when you need him, when you just need some sides, you're getting beat up. So that's what he's there for. Aram in Toronto, he said, he just needs to do what JaVale McGee did, right? Be that vertical threat on both ends of the court and throw the other team off. Give them a different look. Anything on top of that, it's gravy, right? If Wiseman has a breakout game, if he looks better than we thought he would, then wonderful. Great problem to have. But we don't need him to be lights out right away. We need a seven-footer with crazy athleticism who can block shots, rebound, box guys out, and just do all those things. Throw down crazy dunks and have six fouls to throw at somebody. That's it. Yeah, he's behind in his development, but he has the whole summer and all of next season to start ramping up, catching up, getting up to speed. And as long as he's healthy, you know, I still believe that he'll do that. And I hope that he will. But for people to say that he's a bust, I mean, <laughs> that's borderline moronic. Sure, if he ends up like Greg Oden and never plays an NBA game again, then yeah, that's a bust. But if he comes back, how can you not give the kid a chance? He played well in some weird circumstances his rookie season, and the Warriors just threw him into the fire. People say, like, he doesn't play well with Steph. Like, who did last year? That team was bad. You throw Kaminga onto last year's team, throw him into the fire right away, he wouldn't look as good as he does now. So Wiseman has the talent, he has the skills, he just needs the time. And injury is what's prevented him from having the time. 
and hopefully some of this development time that he's had with the coaches and in practices and all that stuff and workouts, hopefully we'll see some of that. Yes, it'll be clunky. You know, he hasn't really done it against NBA players at full speed. He's done a lot against an older 6'9", Eastern European coach, former player. He's done it in some practices, but, you know, it's not going to be all there. But you will see flashes. I guarantee that. So in general, yes, all that stuff from last week. Hey, I do have sincere concerns that if Draymond is not what he is or if his back flares up and the Warriors don't have him for stretches in the playoffs, then I do have concerns that some of these habits that the Warriors have shown over the past couple months might rear their ugly heads, you know, and that is just how it's going to have to be. I mean, it would have been that way during their title runs to some extent, but we're starting to see this team get hold. And again, just like I said in the previous episode, now we have a solid date for Draymond to come back. And that means a lot. That's very concrete. And while we don't have a solid date for Wiseman to get on to the NBA court, we have solid confirmation that he's actually going to play a game. That, to me, is just as big of a deal. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round, and who will hit the most three-pointers. Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So there is still a chance for this team to start peaking at the right time. If they look like they did tonight, the rest of the season, adding in Draymond, adding in Wiseman, Andre Godala, then they're looking good. Tonight, the team was playing with tons of energy and it was kind of beautiful to see, right? In previous weeks, we'd seen like a couple guys play well and then a lot of other guys not play well. We've seen a couple guys play aggressively and then a majority of guys not play aggressively. So here... It was just a very nice mix of rested vets who played well and aggressively, and then confident rookies coming off a back-to-back with their young legs who played with confidence and made good decisions for the most part. So that was the best of both worlds. And if there's a way to bottle that up and have it continue for a couple more months, then I'm all for it. Whatever this is, Steve Kerr, like just figure out how to get people to just, you know, snap your fingers, hypnotize them, whatever it must be, whatever you need to do for them to get back into this mindset. So yeah, those are the reasons why this was one of the best days in Golden State Warriors basketball in a very, very long time. So to hell with the standings, you know what I mean? To hell with it. The Warriors are definitely not catching the Phoenix Suns. And they're still a half game behind the Memphis Grizzlies. But who 
cares. What really matters is this team getting comfortable, developing a rhythm with each other, peaking at the right time, and developing winning habits, making good decisions, preparing properly, going in with the right mindset, all that stuff. I don't know if there's a team in the NBA with more collective big game experience than the Golden State Warriors right now. If you take Steph, all of his experience in the playoffs and the finals, same with Clay, same with Draymond, same with Andre Iguodala. So that's the benefit of having Iguodala on this team. And so we'll see how it goes moving forward. That being said, you know, the Warriors still don't have Draymond for a couple of games. They play Denver in Denver again on Thursday, and then they play Giannis and the Bucks, I believe, at home on Saturday. So two games that are going to be very, very tough. They could lose both. They could split them. They could take both. Who knows? It really depends on which Warriors team shows up and if they're able to get some consistency out of this one. The defense in this game was pretty damn solid. And I can very much appreciate that. It got a little (laughs) iffy in the fourth quarter. You know, like I was like, okay, great game. Good vibes. Let's just make sure that they close it out and they do not blow another 20 plus point lead. That would have been a dagger. That would have been devastating, but it didn't happen. The Warriors pulled it out. It was good to see Draymond on the bench. It was good to see Andre Godal on the bench, supporting the guys in uniform. Draymond, that dude was chirping, and it seemed like he was chirping more than he had been. The handful of times I've seen him on the bench with his injury, which is a good sign, right? Because that means that he's just getting to that mindset, right? He's getting that mindset of being on the court, playing, that competitiveness, those juices are flowing. So looking forward to seeing him back One thing I was going to say that I thought of, somebody tweeted about how there was that pass from Steph to Jonathan Kaminga at the beginning of the fourth, where Steph kind of a slight no look and he threaded the needle to Kaminga on the break and Kaminga got ahead of the defense and threw it down. And they said something about the 49ers needing a quarterback like Steph or whatever. And it made me realize that one person in Bay Area sports lore that Kaminga reminds me of just on the court. I mean, between the lines, whatever you want to call it, is Terrell Owens. Not off the court, hopefully, ever. (laughs) But in terms of being on the court, yes, Jonathan Kaminga was a higher draft pick than Terrell Owens was. Terrell Owens was more of a surprise out of the, I forgot what college, was it Tennessee Chattanooga or something? And Kaminga was always known. He was always on every scout's radar and every basketball fan's radar who pays attention to the draft. But when you looked at Owens, he was young, but he was just a physical specimen who didn't know how good he could be right away. And then all of a sudden he just started realizing he was better and more athletic than everybody else around him. And when you see Kaminga, I think Again, people have a better idea of how good he can be. But just from the beginning of the season to now, you're seeing this progression in terms of just his ability to hone his skills, to focus, and just literally like out jump people, 
outmuscle a lot of guys, sometimes guys that are bigger than him, and outrun people. So these are all things that remind me of T.O. in all the good ways. I've spent time on this podcast talking to myself, talking to Aram, talking to other guys about who Jonathan Kaminga reminds us of in terms of previous Warriors players, right? I say, go back to Chris Weber. You know, some people say Jason Richardson, but just some food for thought. He's got this Terrell Owens quality, again, just between the lines on the court, not the extracurriculars. And I will also say this, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, they look like vets out there against the Clippers. You know, maybe that's an overstatement, but they were playing with confidence. They were making good decisions and they were playing hard. They were playing hard on both ends. They were playing hard on defense. Yes, there's mistakes, but they didn't look out of sorts and they look like they belonged. And I 100% think, yes, there's going to be some changes on this roster on the fringes, but assuming, assuming reasonable health, there's real potential. This team will be better next year than it has been this year. If you get the right pieces, if you expect Poole, Moody, Kamenga, and even Wiseman to make some kind of leap. They don't all have to make the huge leap, but if they make progress and then health from the older dudes, fill in the gaps, I mean, yeah, that could be nasty. But I'll leave it at that. It was just a good day for the Golden State Warriors basketball universe, their fans, their org. Anyway, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com, and be sure to check out our new YouTube channel, Oakland Warriors. The link will be in the show description. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do give us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts. That would be hugely helpful and very much appreciated. Thanks for listening. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. <laughs>